This is the official catch up podcast. I'm here back three weeks in a row, and we are here as always to talk about everything happening in non league football within the, I guess, what we're calling the Lowland League territory. I think we had this discussion a few weeks back. We'll call it the Lowland League territory from now on, uh, and, and that's where we are. We're always here to talk about, and I'm joined as ever by Chris. Chris, how you doing? Yeah, not bad. Uh, busy as usual, obviously, with, with football on the brain. My my head's been fried the last few days. Um, but uh, no, just keeping up with everything, obviously, that's going on. And uh, obviously, the, the catch-up, uh, looking at results and seeing who's performing, seeing what the shocks are and whatever else. A few derby matches this week in the, the Lowland and East of Scotland, as, as well as some cup games as well. So we've got a bit of everything uh, today, Ben. Absolutely, loads of football to talk about, and we'll start where we always start, the Lowland League, and uh, first game we come up to talk about today, Cali Braves 1, Bonus United 2, Bonus back to winning ways, Chris. Back to scoring goals, I think we talked about it, they were on such a a, a goal drought, what was it, uh, just over 300 Six minutes games, of yeah. no goals, yeah, uh, Lucas Stenhouse obviously breaking the duck in the 25th minute in that game, where Kyle Johnson scoring the winner in the eighth minute. And I think it was just a consolation for Cali Braves at the end with, with Bredner. We kind of talked about Bonus and whether they were on a bit of a losing streak, obviously not scoring goals is, is a big issue if you're if you're trying to win games. But they've done a, a really good result. But in fairness against a Cali Braves team that has been struggling. So I wouldn't look too much into that. But I mean, it's good to get the... Uh, to get obviously the monkey off your back of, of losing games and not scoring, so Bonus will be delighted with that. Cali Braves, uh, yeah, I think we we touched on it uh, last week, obviously, and uh, there was other teams that around them that, that, that did get results this weekend. So it's a wee bit more worrying for Braves, but uh, Bonus are a are a quality side, and I'm sure they'll hope to push on again. Yeah, I think it's tough for Cali Braves at this point in time. They, they don't seem to really kind of get anything. At the moment, they, they obviously got a win last week, a couple of draws, but they can't get any sort of kind of real run going. And I think that's the thing you look at. I think we're starting to see a gap slowly forming from the, in the bottom teams, which maybe gives them a bit of solace down the bottom there. Um, Five-point gap between Brenner and themselves. Now, they'll maybe take a bit of, I guess, a bit of positive that they've got a bit of breathing space now because I think we were looking at it. They're thinking maybe they could have four teams in that bottom bottom. Um, uh, part of the, the kind of relegation battle, but I think we're looking at it, it's going to be that kind of two horse race we, we expect, which we always kind of did at the start of the season. But I think for Bonus, it's one of those ones that you see um, the bright start they had to the season. I think the kind of expectations were probably not as high as uh, they would have been thinking, but to be sitting fifth at, at nine games into the season for them and haven't had a good run and then kind of ongoing that sticky spell, uh, but getting back to winning ways on Saturday, it was going to be good for them. But as long as they can build on it, that's the, that's the key thing for me. If they can, um, if they can go and build on that next week's game, then then great. But obviously, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Next game then, several several straws three. Commonwealth Colts one, a good one for several, given how how well Commonwealth Colts have started, Chris. Yeah, a game of two halves, I believe. Uh, Colts were leading at the break through uh, Stephen O'Neill, but uh, Ennis Lawson, who we've often talked about in this podcast, gets a double. Uh, in the second half and I think Chris and Ponza scored an absolute peach of a goal where uh, I think we we often talk about how Christy Gillis Park can really be a, a, a troublesome ground for, for some teams obviously with the grass and the uh, Lord of the Rings adventure walk to get there <laughs> to the pitch uh, I, I, know, I know a lot of teams don't like going there uh, which is 
a benefit to civil service strollers, obviously, because um, they they love taking advantage and, and being at home playing on the on the grass and the it's a it's a different surface compared to a lot of teams in this league and um, they do really well. I think strollers uh, on their own on their own turf and yeah, uh, disappointing for coming on Colts. The runs kind of ended again, but. I still, I, I still believe they'll they'll pick up points here and there. I think I, I don't think it will be doom and gloom like it was where where uh, Bonus for so long. Civil, you mentioned it last week, mate. Um, quietly going about their business as they do. They're all, often always a top half team, so no no shocks there. Next game then: County Beath two, Galfadine Rovers two. Uh, another good, can I say a good point for County Beath, given? Where they were at last year, They're still kind of playing against some decent sides. Gallifrey, Dean Rovers have been on a on a good run. Uh, Jamie Semple have been scoring goals for fun almost with with, with Gala, uh, but certainly decent result um, for for Cowden Beef. Can I give them where they're at just now? Yeah, Gala. I think they've improved uh, the last sort of few games, as as we've mentioned. Uh, I tell you what, it was a, it was a tough one for Cowden Beef because they took the, the lead. Um, Fairly late on, Adam McDonald in the 85th minute. He probably thought he won it, uh, but Danny Galbraith, the the tallies man, if you will, for Gala, I think in stoppage time got managed to get the equaliser. So two two, really decent game, I think, uh, between two good sides. I would say this this year. Um, obviously, Gala, we have mentioned that they kind of struggled early on, but in fairness, to them, I think they were playing some of the, you know, the the better sides. So. I guess there was a couple of results in there. I think they, they probably could have done better. But one thing we've probably not mentioned about Gala is it's a, a lot of a changed squad compared to, to last season. Again, we've, we've said about teams losing their mainstays and stuff. Gala were certainly one of them, minus uh, a few bodies here and there. But yeah, so we have to give them a wee bit of you know uh, benefit of the doubt there. But Ken Beef as well, um, obviously, you know, pretty much a changed lineup for Ken Beef, albeit. Uh, one that's probably higher, higher rated, but decent, decent draw for both teams, I would say, given uh, given recent results. No, definitely, I think um, I, I like what Gala are doing personally. I think um, the the addition, like I say, of James Jamie Semple's been been great. I, I didn't didn't see an awful lot from Jamie last year at, at Broomhill that I really thought he's going to be a, a player for for Gala. I did find the move a bit strange, but. Certainly, he's there. He's in form. He's scoring goals, and and I think he'll be key to Gala's success this season. If they can keep him scoring and keep him fit, uh, then Gala could, I think, do pretty well. Cowden Beath, I think they're still in that kind of, I guess, that transition kind of period under a new manager, okay, and Callum Elliott. I think they've got a good guy that reigns there in terms of, um, he knows how to win. He knows how to succeed at this level, and I think for me that. They've got to stick with them. I think we've seen that in the past with Cowden Beef is that they kind of they get a wee bit flappy and start to see guys walking out the door or resigning and things like that. But we kind of, I think, got to trust Callum and, and give him the time to to maybe build something here. I think they'll probably need to take a couple of years to do that. I think he can as well. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how how Cowden Beef go for for the rest of the season. Next game then is Edinburgh Uni now Eastern Shore three. East Stirlingshire will just be glad to get a win, Chris. It's, it's been the first one in, in what, four games or something like that now. So uh, they've struggled, I think, big time this year. We've talked about Edinburgh Uni plenty in this podcast. We probably don't need to dwell on them too much. Uh, but from a Shire perspective, it's 
after a couple of draws, it's it's nice to get the result. Yeah, uh, Luke Rankin hat trick. I think the uh, Luke Rankin that is always the, the statement on Twitter. Um, the boy is on loan from Aloha Athletic, I believe, eighteen uh, year old forward. I guess we never really talked about it in depth because we kind of never really haven't really talked about Shire other than the fact that you know that things seemed uh, positive going into the season, but the you know obviously results weren't coming. But it does seem like they've. They've uh, added a key ingredient there. I think they were missing a, a bit of a an out and out forward, a goal scorer, and Luke Rankin might be that that player for them. Yeah, obviously, well, <laughs> hat trick is great. One thing I will say about Sharon, I think I mentioned it before, but they, they seem to really know how to develop these type of players. Every time there's a lone player that comes to to Shire, they always seem to kick on and do well. So I, I don't know if it's just you know playing at Falkirk Stadium or or what it is, but. Um, yeah, the loanies always seem to do uh, to to do well at Shire, but I think it's it's one of those ones for Shire. Um, they've had it so many times where they've you know don't fall in love with a loan player, so <laughs> you know <laughs> they've had so many decent loan players over the over the last few seasons that um, I think it'll be hard not to to fall in love with a, a you know a, a player like Rankin if he's going to be doing that every week. Uh, fantastic win for Shire, Edinburgh. You know, not really got much to to say on them. Um, we'll have to wait and see again. Uh, they're, they're not doing well, but it'll be a gutting defeat in the sense that it was against a team that's kind of at the bottom uh, with them. So uh, similar, obviously, with, with Cali Braves. So um, it's, it's gutting, but not yeah, not much to say really. Um, again, it's a wait and see, and these are the type of games that I would say that Edinburgh Uni really need to try and get something for um, if they're going to be. Uh, you know, uh, trying to get out of that relegation zone towards the end of the season. Yeah, I think Ross Shire's perspective is it's probably quite similar to Cowden Beath in the sense of new manager come in, new bunch of players, and trying to maybe develop, um, say, that squad and build something, which, again, Shire, another team in, in that kind of bracket of being up in the uh, SPFL leagues and, and have come down in the loan league and found it a little bit tough for maybe in the loan league. Uh, for the past few years, I think Cowden and Beath are absolutely the same in that respect. And um, Albion Rovers probably slightly different at this point in time. We don't know an awful lot, a lot about Albion Rovers because they're playing in cup competitions and things, so they've not played as many league games. So they're probably sitting at that kind of false um, false position in, in the table just now. But certainly, I think East East should have to get have to get their finger out because they don't want them dragged in there like we were saying. I think there is a gap between the teams now, the, the bottom two, but um, it only takes one of the teams to, to find a bit of form and then they're dragging everyone back in because if the other teams aren't getting results, then it's a case of uh, we'll all get pulled in there. And, and the last thing a team like Shire wants to get relegated. Um, no one wants relegated, but I think where Shire believe they are and, and, and feel they should be kind of further up the the leagues and haven't been there before. They're still kind of feeling about that, I think, from from what I see. And yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this one plays out over the over the next um, few weeks and months for for Shire. Next game then, Gretna two thousand eight nil Berwick Rangers one. I guess from Berwick, uh, from Gretna's perspective, as positive as a result you could probably get. Um, they they didn't ship five, six, seven goals this week, so I think that's a a positive for Gretna. They obviously managed to shut the back door a little bit more and then they're used to Berwick again, another team kind of going about their, their business a little bit quietly. Mixed bag of results, but but doing okay, sitting mid-table, probably where we expect Berwick to be. I think 
Berwick are a mid-table side in the Lone League, and that's where they'll be probably for a for a few years. And uh, certainly, they'll be pleased to get the to get the win on the board. I'd love to see the highlights for this game because apparently it was action-packed. There was uh, three disallowed goals. Liam Buchanan missed a penalty. Uh, Liam Buchanan obviously got the winner, uh, the only goal in the game, but it's a bit unlike him to, to miss from the spot. And in fairness to Berwick, they did say that they weren't sure what the, their penalty was for, but I did hear that Gretna were aggrieved towards the end because they should have had a penalty. So it's a game with a lot of action. I guess they're... I guess they were kind of hyping the, the, this up as the, the border derby. For me, in the Lone League, the border derby is always going to be Galafiradine versus Vela leaving. Obviously, Vela are not in the league anymore, so um, I guess that can probably replace that. But it did seem like an action-packed game, um, I'm guessing. But you had, I've not seen the highlights, unfortunately, so I, I can't really comment too much. But from what I've heard, the deserved win for Berwick, albeit Gretna will be a, a wee bit disappointed not to get the point, especially considering they might have had a penalty towards the end, I believe, for a handball. But until I see the highlights, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, I can't really call it. But, uh, I mean, if you've got disallowed goals in there and a missed penalty, Berwick will feel that that should have been done and dusted for them anyway. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I can't wait. I can't wait to see the highlights for that. The final game on Saturday was Hartsby 3, Broomhill 2. Uh, as we talked about, Hartsby look at look a good outfit this season, Chris. We thought by a bit more sorry of, of Broomhill in the sense that they would be top half. I think they still will be. They're obviously coming off a win against Seville in, uh, in the midweek. Uh, but Hartsby absolutely looking the real deal at this point in time. Yeah, we've, t- we've talked about the likes of uh, Bobby McClucky and... Um... Callum Sandilands, Mackenzie Kirk, all these sort of uh, top players, but the, the player to make a real difference in that game was uh, James Wilson, who I believe is like 16. He's a, a forward and he got two in that game, and when you've got a, a young team like that and you can bring in these sort of young quality players, um, James Wilson was a, never a player on my on my radar for that Hearts B-side, B and he's came in and absolutely done the business against, a, let's, let's face it, a, a professional and physical Broomhill side. I'm not surprised it was close, but to get in there, I think Hartsby, I've got to be delighted. But I don't think we've talked a lot about the manager, but I really rate Liam Fox. I think he's doing a fantastic job. I know a lot of people were talking him up um, to possibly be the Hearts Hearts manager uh, for the senior side. And uh, yeah, I did see a lot of backlash of the, the reshuffle of you know, Stephen Naismith still being the manager and whatever else. I guess the what are we saying? A coalition management. There was a lot of Hearts fans unhappy with it. So um, it was odd, wasn't it? It was very odd. It was like Stephen Stephen Naismith was like, was it technical director or something? That Frank McAvoy was the manager, and then as soon as Hearts get papped out this UEFA Cup, uh, it reverses to Stephen Naismith being the manager. <laughs> yeah. I think he always was the manager, but yeah, uh, due to some qualifications or lack of qualifications, I think. Which I find actually quite strange, to be honest, about Stephen Aismith, given he's been out of the game for a, a few years now. I thought he'd have been well on track to do his, get his badges. He obviously will qualify on a certain level of badge because he's the level of football he's played at. But, um, yeah, very strange. And Liam Fox, obviously, having been the manager um, of Dundee United, uh, first team and into the, the, the Hearts B setup, which is an interesting one because you probably think these guys normally go to kind of um, will maybe bounce around kind of championship, league one, league two when they come out of a, a prem job like that. But 
uh, for for Liam Fox is any hearts be any kind of that youth development role, which maybe it's maybe what suits him. Maybe maybe find that the, the first team management's not quite for him, but he's kind of he's getting the the opportunity there uh, and the, the hearts be set up. But he's also um, kind of able to do that development side, which it looks like he is doing very well from what we've seen of hearts be the, the night and day from what we we saw last season, uh, and and it looks like potential that, that Liam Fox has the difference um, and. I think Hearts be the other team that are going to probably probably push um, yep. East Kilbride to this point in time. I think you look at Trinette, they've still got a few games in hand and, and they've potentially got a number up beyond that. Um, I mean, come on, all Colts are up there just now, but will they have the legs to last the pace? I, I'm not 100% sure about that, but, but Hearts be very well could be. And then we could be in that position of, of um, a, a B team winning the league and then... Um, Got the whole champion club um, scenario. <laughs> yeah, come back around the table again. So uh, that could be make it interesting. But I mean, we'll come on to East Kilbride just shortly. But uh, for me, they're the the real deal at the moment. So we'll see how that plays out. That rounds up the the Saturday fixtures. There was a few games that played during the midweek. We'll quickly run through the results of those. Cumberland Colts one, East Lancashire one, Still in Uni two, Albion Rovers two, Berwick two, Hearts B two. Uh, Broomhill 4, Silver Silver Strolls 2, Cali Braves 4, Grenon 0, Cowdenbeath 0, Trinent 2, Gallifrey Universe 2, Edinburgh Uni 1, and Linlithgow Rose 2, East Kilbride 2. Well, we better give a mention to Cammy Ross since uh, we've been talking about him. Uh, he's top scorer, obviously, in the league. Um, I did, you know, <laughs> I've been having a bit of a banner with him, obviously, about being in the team of the month. He's not featured yet, but certainly he's got a high chance this month, I would suggest, given he's... I tell you what, he's been the, the most potent threat for uh, for Trinent since the start of the season, but he's a great player. So uh, when I saw the move, obviously, when he moved to Trinent, I thought that's a great signing. So we all like Cami. Um, but yeah, I, I believe he is doing it all just to get into the catch of the team of the month. He'll probably fall off after he's appeared. So <laughs> I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. That, that's absolutely <laughs> a driver for for Cami. Yeah. But yeah, it's nice to get the the midweek games in as well for the the league. Uh, somebody to look look at during the week and find catch up what's going on. I think the one result that probably stands out for me in that, in that midweek, uh, Chris, is that draw between Albion Rovers and Stirling Uni. Um, we were kind of. So we're still trying to find our feet where Albion Rovers are and um, still you not having started probably as well as we would have hoped. We've managed to pick up a point against Albion Rovers. They're, they're going to be seeing each other again in the Scottish Cup very soon, which will obviously be on, on TV, which is, TV, yeah. which is uh, a, a, going to be a good occasion for both clubs. But I, I did see a comment, obviously. I, I would rather these sort of Cup occasions happen between teams in different leagues. It's just the way I am as well. But it, it will highlight, hopefully, the quality of the Lone League Um for anyone that's unaware, because um, Albion have been really impressive. Stirling Uni, I think we've mentioned it. They've not, they're not the same Stirling Uni that we had last year, but uh, they've still got a really good group of guys. I think some of the younger boys will eventually step up and being players that can potentially move higher up in a few years. So it's a, an excellent program, Stirling Uni, and Chris Geddes obviously to gets loads of credit for the job he does, but. Um, yeah, I have I have faith in in Stirling Uni, but I, I just don't think it's this year that they're going to be uh, the the main contenders of you know, our, our praise, if you will, uh, like they were last year. Maybe a struggle as well going going forward. They'll be losing a few more uh, seniors as well, but they really need the, the younger boys to step up, and I think a few of them have, which uh, is good to see. But 
Um, it's always a wait and see with Sterling because potentially there could be a gem in there that they bring in also. So not much to say other than uh, a, a decent result midweek and I look forward to the cup game. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think it's one of those things that you find with the uni teams is that the teams can be anything. We've always said this about the teams. It, it depends on what players they can either attract to the, the uni or uh, the guys that maybe turn up at the uni and want to play football and end up getting a get, getting a gem. You look at some of the guys that have turned up at still in uni in the past and, and went back into league football and uh, are playing elsewhere in the lone league and, and very, very talented players. So probably they were very fortunate having that crop of players together at the same time and and be able to build something with them, and, and they might be able to do that again. So depending on obviously how how recruitment maybe would go, I'd say I don't know enough about kind of how it exactly works. If I, I think they probably find that some players do get brought in to play football, and then there's some players that will turn up and pretty much at freshers we can say, oh, I played at this, or I played at this level, uh, and want to get a game. So it, it could be anything, but it's good to see still and on the telly. That'll be. I'm looking forward to that. Um, it's an interesting game to put on. I think you mentioned about the you like to see teams in different leagues playing. Um, I, I honestly looked at the, the draw. I mean, there's some nice ties in the draw, but I didn't see an awful lot that stood out from a TV perspective, Chris. I, I actually thought yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to see the BBC had skipped this one and maybe have two in the next round, like it kind of done with... I know the the, the game with Paul last time, last season, was kind of due to the, the Queen dying and stuff like that, I think it was. And um, the kind of game got postponed and all, all that kind of stuff, so it became a bit difficult. But there wasn't an awful lot that that stood out for me in, in terms of TV. I think probably the one that did stand stand out selfishly would be Cowden and Beath and, and Lillithgow Rose to see that both those teams play against each other, and all again all low league tie. But beyond that, there wasn't a lot that that really. Um, so because the last thing you want to watch is a team pumping someone five six now and. In a cup game, you want something that's a bit close and it's going to be a game to watch for the neutral. And, uh, I think Sterling Uni Albion was probably a fair, a fair BBC, BBC want a narrative. You, you always know that. They, yeah. they love the narrative. The narrative is obviously that Albion Rovers, the fallen giants, now playing in the lone league. Right. Yeah, they played Sterling Uni last year, blah, blah, blah. It's, uh, it's a good story. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. But I mean, yeah. Uh, I think you're right. I think there were some games that I personally would have liked to see, but I, I, I do. Still believe it's still in Uni Albion Rovers. It's a decent choice, I would say. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, uh, you've had the, they've had the Darvo thing obviously last year, which was excellent to see. Had the Cloud Bank had like a decent run a few years past. Pollock kind of last year obviously involved too in the, in the cup, and I guess Auchinleck are probably the, the team that have had it kind of first time round before we really had licensed clubs involved in the in the league. Then do you go to somewhere like kind of Brora Berwick uh, that kind of game? So. Uh, I think, yeah, there wasn't a lot that, that, that stood out. And I know probably from a, a BBC perspective, they probably selfishly want to try and keep it central belt in the early rounds because they don't want to maybe tra- travel a big a big crew and equipment and all that because that obviously costs money, which I understand. Obviously, they're as much a business as anybody else. And they've got to obviously make, make sure the, the pennies and the pounds work for, for the production. And, and that's just the nature of it. And I think, obviously... The other factor is as well when you go to get some grounds that maybe not catered for having live TV production yeah. as well, which well, I, think, I think that's that's a standout, and I think people just assume that you can pick a game that, that works for everyone and um, because of whatever else. But there's got to be a lot. Of, there's a lot of different factors that, that come into play. I had that kind of discussion last year with uh, 
the BBC a couple of times about games and that, and that, that seemed to be not that either. I think the, the winning games are really of much interest to the BBC, really, but uh, hopefully we can get a wee run in, in the Scottish Cup and maybe get that um, selfishly next season. I was always jealous of the BBC when I saw them covering the women's football because they've got like instant replays and they've got cues and everything. It's so much harder when you're doing a live stream yourself, you know this, Ben, and yep. you've not got all the answers. Uh, when someone's seen it on a stream and you've not got the replay, I mean, uh, it's difficult. But BBC, best everything, I guess, uh, with, with their football coverage. So, Talking then, going back to Albion Rovers, uh, we'll move on to the SPF, SPFL Trust Trophy that took place. There was a few teams playing in that, uh, involved in the Lowland League. Albion Rovers uh, lost 2-1 to East Fife. And uh, Stirling Uni, as we mentioned, uh, they lost 3-2 to uh, Airdrie. And the other one was East Kilbride winning 4-1 against Edinburgh City. East Kilbride, the absolute sure respect on the coupon. <laughs> this weekend if you had one I didn't have one but if you were a betting person because I know people get a wee bit upset when we talk about betting but if you were a betting at the weekend certainly East Kilbride is 64 would have been an absolute kick in was that the odds was it yeah was mad massive yeah I was like what I, I seen it on the on the on the list and I was like that's a that's an interesting one um yeah straight East Kilbride um then Chris Schoolbride are a legit football team and could do anything this season. Yeah, I mean, we have seen the uh, in the past, obviously, these these sort of, I guess, highly rated non-league teams beat SPFL opposition. And it's not surprising that East Kilbride have went out and uh, and, and beat an Edinburgh City. I think the, the surprise is really the, the scoreline. I mean, I, would I have thought would have been that much? Probably not, but... I mean, I do rate Edinburgh City, but they're a team that have obviously went through a, a fair few changes as well. But for East Kilbride to to go to uh, Meadowbank and do that, it's a big eye opener because I mean, obviously, when you're you're talking about these big cup upsets or well upsets and in, inverted commas, I guess, but uh, it's usually at the home. You know, at Darvo, it was their home ground um, against Aberdeen. Whether they could have done it at Pataudry, I'm, I'm not sure, because obviously uh, you've got the big support there. Um not saying that Edinburgh City have a, have a massive support of that, with all due respect to them. But yeah, it's different when you're you're away from home. And I think that's what surprised me, the fact that it was an away fixture in East Kilbride have, have really done Edinburgh City there in terms of the result. Yeah, I think... I think... For me, it was a, as I say, it was an absolute sure uh, fire thing in, in East Kilbride, a, a team to be to, that could go could go up a fair distance in this competition. I'll I'll, I'll say that now they they have absolute potential to be semi finalists finalists potentially. In Trips this to Northern Ireland, yeah, potentially, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think a lot is is possible. Um, I'm going to say it, and I think. I think we've, we've obviously we've spoken a lot about Mick Kennedy as a manager, and I think the thing that, that's starting to stand out for me is Mick Kennedy is a legit football manager and, and very good at his, what he does. Oh, yeah. people, people will say, "Oh, I bet he's got money and he's had money. He's always built be able to build squads." But I think the thing you can do, you can you can buy the players you want. But you've got to make them better play, and it looks like from what we've seen so far of his squad, he's absolutely able to do that. Um, do we think, do we mention the criticism of Cy Ferry this week? There was a slight criticism. Oh, yeah. I saw a, a let's, clip let's on Open do that. Goal. Let's do that, yeah. That's definitely was, worth a comment. 
Yeah, um, it was talking to one of the agents to try and get, um, I can't remember, the, the former Robbie, Rangers. Robbie Ewer. Robbie Ewer, yeah, uh, obviously signed for Anderlecht Futures, I think. Uh, and I was thinking to myself, Sai was moaning like hell that he had to do that at Broomhill. He, he really was moaning in the documentary that, oh, I shouldn't be phoning agents and trying to get players in. Uh, but I think the difference um, is, is different when you're winning and it brings happy, isn't it? <laughs> really, you're, you're happy to do that. I guess, but then again, I suppose, yeah, in fairness to Sai, he's in a different role. He's not the manager, he's the assistant manager. So maybe he's he's quite happy to take on that task. But I did think it was a, that, that's one thing that, that went through my brain. Like, oh, you were moaning like fuck when, when you were doing it last year with Broomhill, but now it's all it's all gravy, isn't it? <laughs> I love the I love the optimism that he thought he was going to be signed, Robbie Ewer. That's the thing I think about that video as well, is the fact he thought it he's was. He's called Bride be... or Anderlecht? Anderlecht, yeah. Mm, yeah. <laughs> mm, not sure. I think. You'll be on a fair um, amount of Anderlecht as well, you know. So, But aye, it's funny. Uh, but I guess, you yeah, from Sai's perspective, he probably is in a different role, but more, yeah. can be a bit more laid back and. Just a more to, to, to Mick, you know, it's uh, but yeah, I think from what I was just saying, I think Mick absolutely uh, very capable manager. And um, I don't know, maybe if Michael Beale does get the sack from Rangers, he's maybe gonna be looking at the Rangers job. I don't know, Mick Kennedy. Oh, come on, he's a Celtic man. What are you talking about? Has he? I don't know. Did sure. you not know he was? Did you not know he was a Celtic fan? <laughs> no, nah, it's just a joke because always every time something comes up in it, he, uh, he gets linked with a job somewhere else. Any job higher up, he's always getting linked with something. You know, to be fair, I think there's a there's a part of me that believes that you have to be a Celtic man to support his school bride. Like it's a bit like Albion Rovers. <laughs> there's so many Celtic supporting players and fans or whatever over the over the last few years. So. <laughs> wasn't aware of that connection, but certainly, yeah, no, I think uh, it'll be funny to see that. Come on, Baz Russell, Sh- Sean Winter, come on, guy, come on, Ben, get with the programme. <laughs> Fair enough. I'll take, take, I'll take take note on that basis, uh, and then we'll move on to the Easter Scotland Football League. As Chris mentioned earlier on, there was a number of derbies <clears> um, that took place in the Easter Scotland League. The results as follows. Inverkeith and Hillfield, Hillfield Swifts 3, Broxburn 7, Crossgates, Primrose 0, Hellebeath, Hawthorns 3, Dunbar United 2, Haddington 1, Glenrothes 2, Dundonald Bluebell 4, Canoe 1, Jamefield Swifts 5, Loncarty 0, Socky Juniors 5, Musselburgh Athletic 6, Pennycook Athletic 2, uh, Tynecastle 0, Hutchison Vale 1. Start off with that first game then, Chris, Broxburn and Inverkeith and Hillfield Swifts 7-3 for Broxburn. Yeah, the Brocks have been doing the business lately, I must admit, and uh, it's such a, I think we might have covered this last week, but East of Scotland's really, really, uh, I guess, really bipolar at the moment in terms of results. Um, there's Hellfield Swiss, obviously, have had some really good results this season, and now they've been absolutely outdone by, by Broxburn. I think there's another result in there that we'll probably talk about as well, that I've just, it's just so... So strange. Um, but, yeah, I think everyone for Broxburn is doing the business. Guys like Callum Heath, Gary Brass, um, the goalkeeper, Rob Watt, um, I think is doing, uh, doing really well since moving from Pennycook. I think he's had a, a few clean sheets as well. Obviously not in yesterday's game. But, um, yeah, Broxburn are looking strong. Uh, whether they can sort of keep it up in terms of uh, momentum, whether they can be that top team, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think there's other top teams that we often mention. Genefield, for example, 
that uh, who I believe they're playing quite soon uh, in September in a few few days, uh, I think next week or something. So, yeah, that that'll be an interesting game if they can get a result there. I think that that kind of puts forward their aspirations to to be a contender in this league. Uh, yeah, Hellfield Swifts, they're so odd. They're they're so odd. I mean, when you're not expecting them to get results, they they do. When you're expecting them to get results, they don't as well. So it's it's very odd, a very odd league, a very hard league to cover at the moment, at least the Scotland Premier. <laughs> uh, elsewhere again, our goal fest here at Muscle Brabs, Muscle 6, Pennycook 2. Uh, good, good win for, for Muscle Brabs. Uh, they're a, a team, again, kind of going about their business a bit quietly, sitting kind of in that kind of top kind of half or fourth as it, as it is just now. And they certainly look like a, a good side. And, and But like we said, we don't really know what's going to happen because there's like a Sandy's league at the moment, and uh, I think we rate Pennycook quite highly, Chris. But it's certainly a great result for Musselburgh. Yeah, I mean six two. It's one of those ones again where Pennycook have conceded quite a lot of goals, and but Musselburgh, we, we talked about it um, a few times. They have been really they've been scoring a lot of goals recently. Obviously, we've, we've talked up Grinchy, Craig Stevenson. I think he was on the score sheet again. Uh, Smith got a, a, a double as well. So and Nathan Evans, I think, opened the scoring in the first minute. I think they were three 0 up within, you know, uh, the first ten minutes. Which yeah, Penny Cook are just probably looking like this game's lost already, and that's probably why you've got a, uh, you know, a, a sort of wayward scoreline, if you will. And Nathan Evans scored after 30, 36 seconds, I should say. So that's probably one of the fastest goals. Penny Cook, a, a lot of settling to be done there in terms of the squad. Uh, obviously, a new manager, Lewis Colt. Um, I, I find it difficult to talk about them because um, the, the thing with Pennycook is they always had a, a really strong squad. This year, I feel they probably will take a bit of a decline uh, of being that top team or one of the top teams. But um, I think there's hope there for the, the future. But everything that's went on sort of behind the scenes over the last sort of few seasons has, has not been great for the club. They lost a lot of players, one who I mentioned, obviously, uh, Bob Watt, who went to uh, to Broxburn, so they have lost a lot of these key players to their divisional rivals, if you will. So um, it's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. While we're talking about these, Chris, I'm making my trip to Fife in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, I, I might see you, actually. I might go to that game, just nice. to, to finally say hello and whatnot and, and see you. Um, I did wonder if you were going to go to that. Um, I, it's oh. just a one train stop or two train stops away from me. So, um, yeah, I, hopefully a bit of a catch-up meet-up. And I'll, I'll be there. Me. I'll be there. Lauren will be probably about, what, three weeks to to till the baby's born, pretty much. So she'll be kind of at the point where it'll be kind of getting a wee bit close. But she's going to come along and we're going to hang out have a day out and five, get some food and stuff like that and just come through for the day. Uh, got a team bus going through and supporters bus already kind of planned to come through as well. So... Looking forward to a, a, a nice enough wee trip to Fife, if, if you can say that. I don't know if you can say you get a nice trip to Fife. But, God, um, God, it's no St Andrews, man. That's what I am gutted, I am. Auchinleck got that draw, man. So Auchinleck got the draw to St Andrews United and I was well gutted. I was like, that would have been ideal. I'd have got a nice wee spa. I could have had a wee weekend. Um, and, yeah, but we'll be through. It'll be interesting to see how Dundonald are. I don't know a lot about them personally, so uh, I know they're kind of Started the season pretty well. There'll be kind of there'll be a side that will will be a, a tough game for us. I think last season we played Musselburgh. They're probably at a very similar standard to Musselburgh as far as I'm concerned. But yeah, I'll be looking forward to it. Uh, it'll be we've got Vale leaving next week in the 
the South Challenge Cup and it's in the Scottish Cup action. Hopefully get that result and then get through and then get into that uh, second round like we did last season. But yeah, I love the Scottish Cup. That's the one bit about doing the football that really does excite me and gets me going. I think that's that's the one. That, and it's nice to get an away draw, I think, as well. I guess you always want the home draw for the, the money and the gate and stuff like that um, for your own fans. But nice to get a, a trip away. and Not too far. It wasn't quite like um, some of the madness that we've seen. The likes of um, going up to like the likes of Gene Field going to Wick, for example. We wouldn't fancy that at all if it was me. And, uh, especially at a time when I've got a baby on the way. But uh, it's one of those ones that we're I'll say looking forward to it. We'll, we'll one one thing I will say about to Buffs fans is bring money uh, because I don't believe Dundonald are on fan base uh, unless you can get tickets obviously beforehand. But um, even even at that, yeah, there's it's, it's hard to get money around uh, that sort of area. <laughs> I think there's a one wee shop with a cash line that probably charges you what like two quid to withdraw. So yeah, bring money, guys. Just in noted. Case. Bring money, Buffs fans. Bring money. That's the that's the. That's what the, probably the the Donald um, committee want to hear as well, isn't it? Come money, <laughs> bring money, and spend it. You know, that's the. That'll I mean, the be. social club is right, and I, I, I say this probably yards away from uh, the pitch. So, if you're wanting a pint or whatever, you'll be more than welcome in the the social club as well at Dundonald. So, yeah, yeah, definitely bring money, definitely bring money. I don't know if the the social club takes card payments. I'm not sure about that, but yeah, that would be my one advice for boss fans. Mm. Fair play, we'll keep that in mind. The other derby, obviously, in the East Scotland Prem was obviously Hilla Beef beating Crossgates 3 now, which is an excellent result for Hilla Beef. Just announced a new manager, obviously, Alan Moody. They've been struggling, Hilla Beef, uh, over the last few years, which is weird because they've had a really decent team, but for whatever reason, the results haven't been great. I mean, if you know the history, Hilla Beef, Jock Finlayson was the manager for, uh, you know, from their foundation up until, uh, you know, the last sort of few years. And and it looks like they're trying to catch up other teams in terms of other managers now um, because of, for whatever reasons it's, it's not worked out. But Hilla Beef, uh, hopefully that, that gives a wee bit of stability to them because they they have always been a kind of juniors, obviously a really decent East Junior side. So, uh, But they, they have struggled the last few seasons in East of Scotland Prem. Uh, and one more to talk about in the first division was Arniston won Newton Green start. No, that was a, a, wee, a local derby, was it, Chris? <sighs> I guess uh, it's one of the more severe derbies. I would say one of the more severe. heated. Yeah, one of the more heated. So any any time in that that sort of uh, region, I mean, you've got your obviously Bonnie Regs, your your Penny Cooks, um, who I don't think they're, they're too fond of each other either in terms of Arniston and uh, and Newton Grange. But yeah, um, that's that's a big derby uh, in the Lovian region, uh, and yeah, Arniston beating Newton Grange. Decent win. I think Niall Kemp got the goal. I think it was just on the uh, just before half time. Uh, probably an absolute gutting one for Newton Grange uh, to lose that. And uh, but yeah, they they seemed absolutely overjoyed at that that victory, um, given the the nature of the uh, of the rivalry there. I think it's it's kind of. I guess you you would consider in the West probably all these old ex junior rivalries that have played each other probably a million times <laughs> throughout their histories. And uh... moving on then to the South of Scotland Football League, there was only two games because they have games, um, um, team <laughs> cup games. You know, um, so it was Lock Maven one, Abbeyville three, Nisdale Wanderers five, Upper Arundel one. Um, 
I mean, from our perspective, not a lot to, to write home about there, I think. Uh, we we probably expect Abbeyville to, to beat Loch Maben and Nisdale Wanderers, given where they're at this season and the improvements they made in their, their side. We've got much talked about uh, Mackenzie Brothers um, coming back to play for Nisdale. Uh, they're looking a pretty good side and, yeah, fairly straightforward win uh, for, for both sides. Yeah, uh, I think the biggest talking point is actually in the Cup. Obviously, Newton, Newton Stewart getting uh, beating Lockhart Thistle 3-2. Newton Stewart, who have obviously started the season quite well, uh, second in the division. And uh, Mids taking D- uh, Dalbiti to extra time. Uh, 1-1, but Dalbiti getting the result at Islecroft. The only other result there was uh, St Cuthbert uh, beat Stranraer 4-1, which is a, a, a really good result, considering that St Cuthbert's are a bottom of the league at the moment. With uh, zero points, and well, to be fair, Strenraer only got three points as well. So two teams struggling, but a really good confidence building win in the cup there for St. Cuthbert's. But yes, South of Scotland is a wee bit harder for us to cover because we don't see as much coverage uh, as you would in, in say, a, a Lowland League or West of Scotland or even the East of Scotland. Uh, we, but we do try and do our best in terms of covering these games. Um, but yeah, because there was only two results there, it's only fair to, to maybe throw in a a few mentions uh, for the for the cup there, considering obviously the excellent result for Newton Stewart beating uh, Lockhart Fissel three two. Moving on then to the West of Scotland Football League and in the Premier Division, the results were as follows: Auchinleck two, Atherley two, Benburb two, Trun one, Cumnock Juniors two, B Juniors four, Glenarthen Athletic no, Gartcair one. Hurlford 1, Pollock 3, Avermeadow 1, Darville 4, Kirkintag, Rob Roy 0, uh, Claybank 3, Lagsistle 1, St Caddox 1. Uh, I think we'll start with that Auchinleck game, Chris. Uh, another disappointing result for Auchinleck. For it's almost every week that we're, we're kind of looking at an Auchinleck result and, and thinking it's probably a wee bit disappointing for them. Uh, in fairness, Arthurly have not been the, the whipping boys I thought they would be in terms of the, the start of the season. Uh, I think last week when I was talking about Ben Burb, I couldn't remember who I thought was going to get relegated, but I'm pretty sure it was Arfully that I mentioned because uh, Ben Burb have started really well. I need to actually look back on that first episode already to, to see who I said, but um, keep track, yeah. yeah, keep track. And it's disappointing for Auckland, like they're just not the same um, Talbot side that, that we've seen previously. Um, Ah, it's, it's difficult to really even. I, I don't want to give them too much stick because I feel like we've done that last last year and then they came good. Um, I think it's just a case for Talbot fans that hoping they, they you know they come good. But to be at home uh, at Beechwood and and draw two to to Arfley, I mean that would have been unheard of in you know in years past. Um, maybe an away result, but certainly uh, aye, not not at home at Beechwood. But. I, I don't want to talk about change even because we've talked about that. <laughs> I feel like uh, you could probably t- cut in a few bits from what we said last year uh, about Talbot and put them in this year, but that's when the stick will come. That's when they'll uh, they'll turn it around. You can just never count out Talbot. At, at the end of the day, it's just a disappointing result uh, to a, a disappointing start of the season, I would say. I think I'll kneel my cast the mast and just absolutely say that Talbot are in a bit of a bit of bother and, and I think they've got to wake up and realise that pretty quickly that they are fifteenth in the table and we know we're only what eight games into the, the season but I think from experience, Cohen Rangers, we, we, we kinda of slightly walked into relegation a little bit and and we ended up where we are now and, and Talbot 
probably a situation now where they're just thinking about like kind of getting safe and getting getting mid table perhaps and I don't think they'll be looking at challenging. I, I think you look at the teams at the top end of that um, division, uh Beath, Pollock, Clydebank, even Darville to to a point, are, are miles front in terms of where Ockenlake are at just now. I think Ockenlake have a pretty poor recruitment uh at the in the summer. I, I don't think they've like we said that last week, they haven't replaced the guys that, that left in, in any sort of same calibre and, and that's and that's starting to you're starting to realise that and I think Auchinleck always seen as the kind of scalp, if you like, uh, within the within the league, and any team will want to raise their game. But certainly, I think now you're not going to maybe not going to Beachwood Park, maybe worrying as much about Auchinleck because they haven't been able to um, replace those guys. Maybe don't have the same team as they had before. So it'll be interesting to see how Auchinleck play, uh, how it plays out there. Tommy Sloan will have enough credit in the bank now to to see that job out if he wants to and I think he will and I think that's that's where they've got to do is just stick with it and hopefully maybe make some signings from their perspective get some get some bodies in I think they're, they're probably lacking probably a, a striker at least up front I think they, Brian Boylan's the kind of the main man at the moment up there I think he struggled with the season didn't really play a few games at the start of the season I think he's back in now and uh, playing, playing bits and pieces here so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it can, like, um, how it unfolds, but certainly it's an interest, interesting one to watch. I mean, one in eight, one one win out of eight games to start the season for Auckland, like, it's just, like I mentioned, is unheard of. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to be as harsh as you, Ben, because I know we were quite harsh on them last year. I'm not willing to put up with a stick if they turn it around. And I, and I believe they can. Um, and the reason being is because it's, it's Talbot. You know what I mean? Um, I know fans will have that same feeling. I suppose you're right in what you say. It can be dangerous to just think that um, without anything really happening in terms of bringing players in. But you're probably right. They need a, a you know at least a striker in, someone that can get them goals. And in terms of chasing the league down, I mean you're looking at Beave at the top of the table there. Six games, or everyone kind of below them has either played seven or eight, and they're they're flying. You know they've they've won that six out of six. Um, I can, they, they were my pick. Beaver are definitely the team to beat for me, uh, and they've shown it so far in terms of winning every game and only conceding four goals uh, as well. I think it's brilliant for them uh, so far. But sorry, I probably spoiled that game a wee bit. No, I mean that's that in terms of. I think straight onto that game, the uh, come knock uh, two beat four. Yeah, you mentioned the the goals there and the, not conceding. They only they conceded two yesterday, but that I mean yeah. right up to that point they've only conceded two all season. Uh, uh, they're a great side. We've, we've mentioned Beeve plenty in this podcast. We know they're capable of. Uh, their recruitment has been pretty well. They've got guys um, in the door and managed to replace uh, Josh Fowler, like we said the other week, and, and Kieran Diver, who's a, who's a he's who's done a, well, yeah, a great pickup um, from uh, Chris Jane. So it's it's not to be unexpected from Beeve now. Beeve are a, a legit team uh, in in this in this division, and and will be contenders uh, without doubt. Come look, on the other hand, again, in that similar sort of situation from from Auckland Lake, went from winning the Junior Cup on uh, last season to to being down that bottom end and, and will be looking over their shoulder now, I think that's the thing about Come look, is that it's so tight down that bottom end. They've got um, Arthur Meadow, bottom, one win and uh, seven. Auckland Lake, like you mentioned, Glen Afton, two wins and seven. Come up two wins and six, you know, it's it's tight, and then even going further up, Gart Cairn, Arthurly, Trun, 
even lags. I mean, there's what four points splitting the bottom nine type sides at the moment, and and that's the that's the thing that that stands out now. That that division by no means is 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 got a kind of relegation battling team really. I mean, probably Irvine Medo aside, I think they're in a bit of turmoil. Um, at the moment, Kevin Deeney's just left the club, looking for their fourth manager in four years, which yeah. isn't isn't ideal for for Meadow. Meadow don't look maybe like the attractive opposition, and I'm not saying that again before anyone comes at me as a I hate the Meadow. You're a better about, boss fan, aren't you? <laughs> I, I'm just talking about this as a as a football pundit. You no. know, um, yeah. it's not a, it's not looking good for Meadow. They can't seem to get it right no matter what. But I think when you look at Meadow, uh, the they brought in guys from Whitlitz who scraped safety last season in the first division, and they brought them in over the course of the season to to Meda and continue to do that in the summer. Uh, which I think, obviously, because the manager knew um, those guys and, and obviously trusted them to do do a job, but it's not panned out that way. There's a lot of rebuilding to do for whoever goes into that job, and that could be a very difficult job. It's probably not the attractive kind of job that you'd want right now. Um, in that sort of sense and yeah it'll be interesting to see how that one plays out but I think the other one when we're talking about down the bottom end Glenn Afton Chris uh, Ryan Stevenson and our manager who's um, vacated his role within the, uh, Glenn Afton they lost to Gart Cairn um, at the weekend Gart Cairn our team that were kind of again struggling but um, certainly Gart Cairn have probably got resources to go out and buy players and, and get bodies in I know they're, they're, they're very active and they're trying to, to find players and look like they're happy to spend some money to recruit the group boys yeah. in which will be a, the big difference if you look if you compare them to like so probably Glen Afton and, and, and Meda Meda do have money it was not there's no, no doubts about that they could probably buy players if they want but they're probably not a million miles away Gart Cairn in comparison to the, the likes of um, Meda and even Cumnock and Glen Afton I think those three teams are are in trouble um, with what the squads have got I don't think they're really a great calibre of squad and and Auchinleck just touched on them, the other, the other team at the bottom. Alan, Alan Cook from Broomhill went to Gartcairn, didn't they? So there's, he did, yeah, they've, yeah. Def, they've definitely improved, obviously, on, on last year. And I think you're, you're right, that's the difference with some of these clubs. I mean, you you mentioned Irvin Meadow kind of going from, you know, the below tiers to, to bring in players, whereas you, you get some clubs like, obviously, like Sisson Cadix and Gartcairn going from above, and it's... You know, to, to expect these guys um, to step up, it's not impossible. But when you're you're getting former SPFL standard players against guys that have probably maybe not played uh, as high as you know West of Scotland, you know first division or whatever, it's it's a challenge. It really is a challenge, and there was a bit of a poll actually. I noticed more challenge in the Lowland, uh, the West Prem, or the first division. To me, the first division is still the most challenging, considering just the gap between the sides in terms of the league. But no doubt about it, the, the West Prem is a, is a challenging league. But I do believe there is certainly still a bit of a, a gap in in quality between the, the top and bottom sides that you do see with the loan and, and some other leagues. Whereas in the first division, I, I don't think it's as apparent. And I think that's why I would say that's the more challenging league because uh, I think it's a case of anyone can beat anybody on their day rather than having maybe you know three, four, five teams that you expect to be at the bottom. No, I definitely would, would agree with that. Uh, in terms of the Prem, Chris, top of the table, uh, we've got Beath, uh, they're sitting on 18 points. A couple of other teams at the top, 
uh, getting results at the weekend. Paul getting a, a 3-1 win against Hurlford. Hurlford, a team who started strongly, I think, in, in the league. But I think Pollock are, are the team that I think probably surprised me the most at the moment. I didn't expect enough a lot from Pollock at the start of the season. Wasn't too sure about some of the, 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 the players that came in and how that was going to play out. I hadn't seen an awful lot from Pollock last season, certainly, uh, either. But Max, he looks like he's recruited quite well in, in, in hindsight. And they're, they're right up there. But it's one of those ones you look at the teams uh, like Pollock. Can they catch B? That's the, is the question that's going to, always going to be asked. If, if B there are going to be so good. I think that's the the thing that, that stands out for me is that have Paul got it in them, have Clyde Bank got it in Clyde Bank, a team, again, talking about recruitment, recruited very well over the summer, got some good bodies in uh, to improve what was already a strong squad. Uh, and I think both are, are going to be right up there, but, but have they got that extra step? That's the big question. It was it was really surprising for me at the start of the season. Everyone was going for the likes for the likes of Darvo, but Pollock were a, a main talking point. Clyde Bank were a, a main talking point, um, and there was only one ever answer for me, and I, I went with Beave. And because it, they're a strong squad, I mean, uh, we mentioned obviously Josh Fowler a lot last year. Uh, me from very much the start of the season, thinking that he he could be as as good as top scorer, and obviously he's, he scored a bunch. But if you look at the squad, obviously guys like Andy Monk, Carlo Monte. The, the strength throughout that entire team is is worthy of a champion squad and worthy of a team that's not been beaten uh, in six games yet. And Clyde Bank and Pollock have good teams. Are they off the same standard of that, in my opinion, in terms of the players? I think it's difficult because, obviously, if you look at Clyde Bank, they've got guys like Nicky Lowe and Nicky Lowe, and these are star players for any West of Scotland, even higher-up teams. It's difficult, um, but be for... Since they won it last year, they have that that drive for me to, to go out and win it again. And I don't know what's going to happen with the licensed stuff. Obviously, they can't really do anything at the moment in terms of their ground because it's council-owned or whatever the, the, the situation is. Um, Pollock, again, another team that's recruited from higher up. You mentioned, obviously, the two lads coming in from Stirling Uni, uh, Scott Forrester, who is always a standout defender for uh, Cali Braves. They probably could be needing him, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, uh, currently, but Pollock are a, a decent side too. But yeah, I, I just can't, for whatever reason, I just can't see past Beave. Uh, I don't think there's much in terms of the quality between the sides, but I guess it, maybe it comes down to the manager. Uh, it maybe is that case. And I, I like Moff. I don't know. I think Strainy's got a bit in between his teeth uh, and since winning the, the league and Maybe that's the difference. Maybe a wee bit more drive. I think. Um, no, I think. I think you're right. I think there's there is that. I think you look at Paul and Clyde Bank. You go. They have got a draw in them. You know that's the thing that stands out for me. We look like a side that can win uh, and and win regularly. I've done it already so far this season with six. Obviously done well in the, in the Scottish Cup to get through into the uh, the next round and. Uh, are still firing in cup competitions. They've got a, probably a nice draw for the, the next round of the, the Scottish Cup too. So they'll they'll be firing all funds, just like Clyde Bank and Port will be as well. But um I think those three are the teams that to look at. I just don't go on to go on to Darvo. I don't I don't see enough from Darvo. I think it's 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 not this they're going about their business probably a bit more quietly, I think Darvo. Um which is probably a good thing for Darvo because they've been pretty loud over the last few years, you know um, whether it's been cup runs or um, social media posts and uh, from from different people, <laughs> we talked about it. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's been done. You know, it's it's one of those things that there's always plenty to say about 
for coming from Darvo, and I think this is probably a better way. I mean, even you had it last week. I mean, still they had a they had a bit of bit of flag, but yeah, I think it'll be it'll be a a good one to, to watch. And uh, bottom end, top end are going to be certainly quite interesting for me over the next um, next course of the season. I think we'll the league will start to stay, take shape properly come maybe Christmas, and then we'll be we'll get a, uh, we'll get a feeling. Which I guess the bead fans, I hope you haven't put on a on the, the catch-up curse on them, Chris. I think we've we done a bit Darvo last season, talking about Darvo um, as early front-runners and, and look how that panned out. So I think they'll be hoping you haven't. Um... To, to me, they're like the one left go Rose, though. They really are. Um, not saying... Probably not by much in terms of... I, I just see that. I don't know what it is about Beeve. I just think they're a really strong outfit. Uh, and maybe not to the extent that Lundlifko were last year, but I was really propping them up every week compared to other sides. Because, uh, as you mentioned, Pollock, Darville, Clyde Bank, they're, they're, they're equally as good in terms of their quality. But I don't know. I just feel like there is something that makes me think Beeve, uh, partly just probably partly due to, you know, them winning it last year and um, being really, really good. Uh, so I, I don't think that's going to change. From, from last year. Well, that pretty much rounds up for us on the official catch-up podcast for another week. Um, you can get us on Twitter at the official catch-up. Get us on uh, all your favourite podcast platforms. Uh, give us a hit, hit us a like, subscribe, do all that good stuff. Same on YouTube. Uh, as I said before, it doesn't cost you anything. We do this for free. And see, it'd be nice to have have the subscribers, have the, have the likes, have the subscribes because... Um, it reflects well on our podcast and as I say we'll be back hopefully next Sunday as we always do uh, and talking about everything that happens but until then have a good one cheers <laughs>